everybody, and welcome to Home for the Holidays, part two of To the House. My name is Caleb Confusioni, and alongside me today, as always, is Mr. Naaman Smith and Mr. Caleb Prozy, and we are recording in the living room back in the house that we know and love today. However, we are still on break for another couple of weeks. Um, actually, no, just one more week. Yeah, just yeah. one more. Just one it more feels week. like it's been going on so long. It feels like it could just go on forever at this point. It's been it's been like a month almost. Um, so we're still chilling. We're all back together here in Tallahassee. Um, we have a lot of sports to cover since we took a week off. So we've got two weeks, and a lot has gone on in football. Uh, World Cup wrapped up. The NFL's really heating up right now. Uh, got a lot going on there. Uh, so we have a lot of stories to cover today. We're really excited to bring y'all. Tons of new information, and I'm going to kick it over to Prozy now to give you a rundown of episode 17. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, this is a, a lot going on in the past two weeks, of course. Yeah, we missed a good chunk of sports, but we're going to catch up real quick. I wanted to talk about what happened last night at Monday Night Football, that game getting postponed because of DeMar Hamlin's incident, give you guys updates on his process and his recovery, and some other lighthearted news surrounding that situation as well. Of course, bowl games have happened, a lot of exciting bowl games in college football, and a lot of even more exciting games in the college football playoff. Those games went to down to the wire for both of those, and very entertaining football this past couple of weeks. Also, the NFL playoff picture is heating up. A lot of teams are rising, a lot of teams are falling. So it seems like this playoff picture is shaking, and it could go any way you want to see it. Also, I want to dip our toes in the water for some NBA news. I know that there's one player in particular that's kind of going off right now and seeming to have a really good resume for the MVP race. Oh, yeah. So before we dive into segment one of our podcast, I want to kick it over to Naaman to give you guys just a fun little question before we start our episode for real. Heck yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's holidays right now. So, like, we're going to have a fun little draft. It's the thing that we've been doing. We love doing drafts on the show. So the scenario is you're at a gas station, right? You're on your trip to your grandma's house and your dad says, okay, go in, run quick, use the bathroom. And here's a five, buy whatever you want. What do you buy with that $5 bill in the gas station? Wawa, Busy Bee, uh, just a Sunoco, whatever it is. What do you buy? Um, who wants to go first? Uh, Confusioni, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I feel bad for whoever stopped at the Sunoco. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> very limited selection oh, of yeah. snacks. Um, no, I, so my favorite snack is at the Busy Bee. Um, love the Busy Bee. It's like one of the greatest things to happen on I-10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always go for a bag of Butterbees. Ooh. They're okay. like the, uh, <laughs> it's like, they're, it's almost like pop cereal. It's not yellow. It's like a, it's almost kind of like that. And it's like a glazed, like just little, I don't even know exactly what it is. Like, it's, it's like a little, it's almost like a little cereal cluster looking thing. And it's like glazed and honey. And they're, it's almost like a cross between like a, like a pops and like a honey smack almost. Mm-hmm. And they're like just little, but of these, so like I, I'm typically don't have a sweet tooth either. But those things go crazy, <laughs> and I love them. And I get get a bag almost every time I hit the busy bee. So they're that's, de- that's they're deadly favorite. and dangerous on a road trip. Yeah, you eat like, four, you're eating the whole bag. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's just how it goes. Yeah. So. yeah, dang, I've never had one. I'm what? gonna try it. I'm gonna try. It. I'm actually going on the road again today, going back to Jacksonville. So I'll probably stop in busy bee and get some butter bees. Please do. Solid. But uh. My favorite snack is actually growing in popularity a lot now. I didn't know about it 
probably six months ago, but now I do. Naaman's gonna go crazy when I say it. It's Dots Pretzels, dude. Oh, a North yeah. a North Dakota yeah. special. And for those yes. of you who don't know, Naaman did his summer internship with the Bismarck Larks in North Dakota. Uh-huh. So that's a big deal to them. Yeah. And uh, ever since I go now, whenever I go into a gas station, I grab a bag of Dots, dude. Because those golf course snack, if you guys are golfers, good little snack to have on the course. But uh, and road trips, they're seasoned pretzels. Like, so good. I, I don't dude. even know how to describe them. They're just like. It's just a really good seasoning. Pretzels have never tasted so good. Yeah, I'm not even a pretzel guy, but I I tried them once. I don't even know why I tried them, but I think I just grabbed them because it just looked like it was easy, something to snack on, and said North Dakota on it, thought of Naaman. I was like, these must be good. (laughs) And so, and I I had them, and I was just like, dude, I I cannot get enough of these. I I could eat them out of like a bucket. Yeah, and they're not a risky investment either. No, they're, they're not. Like, they're like three bucks. Yeah, the like, big bags are seven dollars, but those twelve ounce bags, like just a small bag, is like four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad investment at all. Yeah, is so, it like different? Do they have like different flavors? They do. They do. I was just looking it up. Give me a second. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, yeah. So they do. They uh, have more, but I love the. I just love the traditional. They have a honey one. I believe. They have a uh, cinnamon sugar one as well. They have oh, a wow. honey mustard season. The original season the is good. They have a Southwest seasoned and a cheese curls one. Yes, the cheese curls is a North Dakota dish. Okay, well I will I will try the cheese curls one, but I don't really, know how good it is. so far I've only had the original, and I'm perfectly satisfied with that. I'm kind of basic in that category, so <laughs> I'll take it any day. That's fine. The honey mustard is really good. Just it's not something you'll become addicted to because it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not something you need a whole bunch of, but it's. Really good, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, very much like your bus bustle bees, butter bees, butter bees, butter bees. Butter bees. <laughs> yeah. They spell it B U T T A H, butter bees. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But uh, so mine with my five bucks, I'm gonna do two different things. I'm gonna try to hit them both for under five bucks total. I'm gonna get a slushy because yeah. slushies are just amazing. Yeah. And then from where? Probably Seven Eleven. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully Seven yeah. Eleven. Every other slushy, it, it like still is good, but not the same quality. And then probably like Reese's Pieces. I love Reese's Pieces, and I just munch on them. And there's so many. Like a Snickers bar, it's like five bites, you're done. Reese's yeah. Pieces, you can eat that for five hours. And yeah. Still have more in the yeah. bag. So those are my two go tos. Uh, let us know on Instagram who you think has, I guess, like the better. Uh, I guess road trip snack. Yeah. But yeah, so like let's head into what's happening. All right. Well, what's happening in sport right now? What really happened literally right after we recorded the last episode yeah. two weeks ago oh, yeah. was the World Cup. Mm-hmm. It was the Sunday following episode 16 and Argentina played France for the final. And name it if you want to give a rundown and Caleb join in for that. You oh, guys can yeah. let yeah. the viewers know how crazy of a game that was. Uh, Just... Oh look, Caleb, you want to say? I've been talking a lot. Yeah, no, it, it was it was an insane game. It, and I, I I didn't catch it live. I had to rewatch it like a little bit later, which you know I kind of had the ending spoiled. But <laughs> just very very back and forth. Argentina, well, very very back and forth, starting in the 80th minute of the game, which is insane. So Argentina had a two 0 lead for pretty much the entire game. Uh, Messi had scored one, and I believe Di Maria had scored the other one. Um, uh, yes, and Di Maria. First of all, people overlook Di Maria because Messi is such a stud on that team, and Di Maria obviously getting older, but that dude can play, man. He's 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 lethal on the wing. Um, he actually was coming off the bench for most of the World Cup. 
But yeah. in the final, he they started. started. They yes. started him, which was I, I thought that was a smart move. Yeah. Um, so he he nicked one in. Uh, Messi got a PK. Um, so they're up two zero, and you're thinking, you know, 70, 80 minutes left in the game. Like, okay, Argentina's got this on lock. Uh, they're going to win the World Cup. And then comes Mbappe. Oh yeah, <laughs> to steal the freaking show. This dude, he crazy hit. So he gets a PK, which was for, also I'll add this to the officiating that game. Referee did an outstanding job. He did good. I, he I did thought good. he did a great job. He let them play to an extent, and he called fouls that were all of the same degree of yes. of ac- actually being a foul. But he would let them get away with a little tug yes. or pull every now. Just let the boys play. Yeah. Let the boys play. Yeah. I don't it, mean to spoil it, but Mbappe two goals in two minutes. Yeah, insane. So it went from two zero to in a matter of literally Argentina was running the game, and yeah. I forget yeah. what happened. Argentina made a mistake. I think a corner kick happened, or that could have been a different game. But just Argentina made yeah. a mistake at the back, mm-hmm. and it led to a PK, which seemed harmless at the time. It seemed yeah. like it would cut the deficit to 2-1, to one, which wouldn't have been bad at all. But then Mbappe, like 30 seconds after he scored the PK, oh goodness, was yeah. like, I'm hungry for another one. Yeah. Let me just score another one and tie it up. And then, beautiful, beautiful in a, goal. In a matter of 120 seconds, you could have been up in the kitchen getting a drink of water, going to the bathroom. High game, two zero to two two. Yeah, Boom. it was in. in the, so he hits the PK, and the second goal is quite literally a minute later, and he hits. It, it's a there's a volley in the box. The ball mm. just came down, and he took it straight out of the air. Didn't even take a touch. Just you know, you know, perfect form. Leaned over, yeah. didn't sail it. Just nails it past the keeper, uh, right into the corner, and it was just beautiful. Everyone's freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's two to two. They take it into extra time. Um, which is then, you know, even more chaotic. Name it if you want to, you can talk about extra time. Real, oh, real quick though, something funny though. So when I was watching the World Cup, we were actually at Gordo's, which is a Tallahassee local restaurant. Very good. Cuban restaurant. We were there with our friend Kevin, um, and we were there with his family as well. And his dad is like a huge soccer fan because they're all from like Colombia. Yeah. And so yeah. soccer is like a big deal to them. Yeah. And, like our TV kind of cut out for a second and I've never seen a man stand up so fast and run to the nearest person that worked there. Cause he was like flipping out. He's like, the TV's not, the thing is this is yeah. like, and he doesn't really speak like that, like great of English. Like he speaks English well, yeah. but like I, you could tell like the, the girl that was working was like just very flustered. Cause like <laughs> she was like, Oh my gosh, there's just this man telling me to turn it. I don't know how to work the TV. It was just funny. It just shows that like how much people, like we're invested in this World Cup yeah. because of how yeah. good of a game it was. It was probably the best World Cup final in recent history. Like in, yeah. our, in our lifetimes, yes, it's but, the best best match I've ever watched yeah. for sure. Because like, the the crazy thing is, so it's two zero for eighty of the ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and then for the last ten minutes it was tied two two. Crazy. And then extra time went just about the same way, just mm-hmm. as crazy, mm-hmm. where it was back and forth. France would have a really close kick, and it looked like they were dominating. And France fans are like, "Yes, yes, like keep the like let's let's just um, if overtime lasted an hour, we'd win this game. We're dominating right now." And then the the script would flip, and then Argentina would start shooting it, and then they dominate the possession. And then, it, like, fan bases were on the edge of their seats, like, ah, like, France was getting all the shots, then Argentina was getting all the shots, and Argentina was the first one to break through in overtime and scored a goal, Messi, 
Argentina fans went ecstatic. It was the perfect storyline. Messi scores the game-winning goal Mm -hmm. in overtime. Oh, yeah. His last World Cup ever. It's the one thing he hasn't accomplished in soccer. Mm -hmm. And then Mbappe had to ruin it. Two minutes left in overtime. Scores the game-tying. It was a penalty kick. Yeah. But scores the game-tying goal. And Argentina fans were shattered. Because it was the perfect storyline. Just destroyed. And it went into penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. Me and Confusioni have had our experience in PKs with <laughs> our intramural soccer team. Every game, it seemed like which was a lot PKs. more pressure than what they went through. But like. it really was. It really was. It was yeah, whatever. It was pug goals. It was hard to score. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but so in penalty kicks, the, it ended up being four to two. Argentina won. The storyline was still really good. Messi won the World Cup. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't as perfect as Messi scored the game winner. Yeah. But uh, Mbappe, in my opinion, Mbappe was the MVP but still lost the game. This yeah. guy had three goals. Yeah. Literally carried the France team on his back. Yeah. Which is surprising. France is a dominant country when it comes to yeah. soccer. But the rest of the team did not show up. Yeah. No. I think it's crazy. I mean – you look at Mbappe's goals and people say, like, oh, well, you know, there's two of them are PKs. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to make. And he, he really made three PKs total because he put he put his PK in. Yeah. One of only, there's only one other guy on France that <laughs> made his PK in the shootout. He made three PKs. You saw Harry Kane in the, uh, I think it was quarterfinals. They, he made his first PK. They sent him out for another one. He missed it. The psychological like mm. warfare that goes on when you have to take a second PK and the keepers playing mind games with you, trying to like you know make you go a certain direction, like cheating to the right or cheating to the left, and yeah. do you go the same direction you went the first time? Do you go the opposite direction? Some guys are bold enough to go straight down the middle mm-hmm. and hope the keeper like to make three PKs in a single game. That's Crazy. really impressive. Like yeah. that's just straight consistency. I mean, he's one of the best in the world, and he's going to continue to be. 20, 24 years old. Yeah. yeah. He'll be around yeah. for, you know, at least one, hopefully two. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he could do three more World Cups, but. Probably. I mean, Messi's did fine. I mean, Messi's so doing it, and Messi's still yeah. in good form. Like, he looked he looked great. So, uh, I, I mean. Yeah, sorry. So, in, in breaking news, like, this is, so two things. Uh, Mbappe, talking about Mbappe, we'll cover it. He could be leaving his club team here pretty soon, PSG. Mm -hmm. He's wanting to transfer, so if that does happen, we'll keep our podcast listeners updated. Um, In transfer news, though, Ronaldo just signed a huge contract like we Mm -hmm. knew with the Saudi Arabian team. Yeah. I believe it's $200 a year. It's it's, it's significantly large. It's large enough to the point where he would go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's it's for the money. Um, It's definitely for the money. I just think Ronaldo's exposure as not only an athlete, but just a person, like he could be making so much more in just media deals and like exposure rights, but he chose to go to this team because it's a last stop. I don't know. Like it's, it's just like a, it's, it doesn't really make much sense to me because I expected him to like, be the face and in the limelight, and you're really not going to be if you play in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no. I, yeah, it, it could, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it isn't this, but it could be a personal thing for him where he's like, okay, I've played with the best of the ple- the best of the best. I've played with, you know, a lot of the greats amongst, you know, excellent competition and great teams. Now let me see for, you know, just my career and for my own personal achievement, can I go take this nobody Saudi Arabian team 
and bring them to greatness from nothing from mm-hmm. where they were before and lead a group of men into, you know, this position yeah. where like, yeah. now suddenly this team's on the map and this team is really good. Like, do I have, can I do that? Yeah. And maybe that's just something he wants to accomplish. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing, but it, it is, is weird. It is a ton of money. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's the storyline they'll push, but the reason yeah. why he did it is money. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and then world breaking news. This is super duper important. The Instagram like record got broken. It was the egg, the famous world-breaking egg. I, like I think that. it was like 50 million. I, did, I like that too. <laughs> 50 million likes on Instagram. But when Messi won the World Cup, his picture of winning the World Cup, I think, I forget what it's, it's somewhere in the 70 millions right now, currently. Okay. Yeah, we, we no, can no. fact check that. But I just want it, to see. It's now the most liked picture on Instagram, which I'm glad. Like, it shouldn't have been an egg. Like, it was a good meme while it lasted, but... It was that was the egg picture was two years ago, so I'm glad something replaced it. Yeah, that wasn't like Kylie Jenner or Kim K. I'm glad it was like someone achieving their dreams. Um, let's see, but in other breaking news, the Jaguars 74 million. Sorry, oh, 74, 74 million. million, and okay. now I just liked it. I did not like hey, it okay, before this okay, moment. Okay. Uh, what other breaking news do we have? I mean, if you want to talk Jaguars, I would love to talk the Jaguars. They have won. So we're moving on to our NFL segment now. Yes, yeah. we they have won four in a row. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. Yes. Some uh, awesome. good Thursday night football against the Jets, an overtime win against the Cowboys. They just won this week, and it was it was just an electric atmosphere for any Jaguar fan beating. I mean, it's the Texans, but like, well, you guys still, also. Control your own destiny. We do. So now because of how well we have been doing and how bad the Titans have been doing, we are kind of deadlocked. The Jags are eight and eight and the Titans are seven and nine. And we play each other Saturday night at eight 15 and whoever wins, wins the division and goes to the playoffs with a guaranteed spot. So it is, it's pretty, it's pretty wreck. Yeah. But the Jags beat the Titans by 14 points in Nashville. Last time they played, yeah. and they're without a running back right now, and they're without a quarterback. Yeah. So I think it's a very winnable game for the Jags, and uh, I mean I'm I'm excited for them. Just just to give the listeners like understanding, so I, I listened to Colin Coward, and Colin Coward said Trevor Lawrence has been a top five QB in the past seven games, and yes. he has. Yeah, he has. His he, QBR is third highest in the NFL as of right now. Like, as of right now, as of right for now. the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's the last, last, last the back half of oh, the season. Maybe. Okay, yeah. So in the last seven games, he's had fourteen touchdowns thrown, one interception. Mm-hmm. That's it. Patrick Mahomes, sixteen touchdowns, five interceptions. Josh Allen, thirteen touchdowns, five interceptions. So he's just doing an amazing job. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, go off, King, go off. Credit to him. Uh, he, Doug Peterson's doing a great job. Prozy was on it all along. It was a two-year rebuild, and they're really – if they make it to the playoffs – I mean, this is year one. This isn't even like one. the year that I was expecting this to be but as this good. This would be huge. Though. Like, my, playoff experience for Trevor Lawrence would be amazing. Would be great for, for his development. My, my question would be to you guys, do you think that they are legitimate – I'm not going to say Super Bowl because I think we'd say no. <laughs> yeah, but do you think oh, they're I, I mean, legitimate yeah, you guys would say to no. make it to an AFC championship? Uh, okay, so let me just read yeah. this really quick. I think they are legitimate contenders for an AFC championship. That is, uh, yeah, it depends on their path for sure. I think there are juggernauts that if they verse, they probably lose. So nobody would want to play the Jags right now. 
Mm. Honestly, oh, okay. the Jags are on a tear. Yeah. Nobody really would want right. to play them. Yeah. And my brother texted me this, and he said, this is a unknown source. It's just what we've been hearing around the NFL. Uh-huh. The Jags are the bad boys of the NFL. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. <laughs> and I can completely agree. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's the news. It's the buzz, you know? Buzz. So, like... The Jags have that fire in them. And even the supporting cast around Trevor Lawrence, I mean, Travis Etienne had a 62-yard rushing touchdown in Houston. And uh, Zay Jones is getting three touchdowns a game against the Cowboys. Like, it's amazing. Christian Kirk is doing his job as, like, he's being paid the right amount. He's proving to us. And the crazy thing is, if you guys win this week, you will host a playoff game. Amazing. When was the last time you said that? It, five not, years ago? Yeah. Long, oh, yeah. Five years ago. 2017, we hosted against the Buffalo Bills. And all the listeners want to know, if they host a game, will you be going? I'm I'm really considering it. I really am. That is a difficult weekend for me. Um, I do have a buddy coming into town from the United States Navy. Okay. And so it depends. But I have looked at ticket prices. They're $150 for like nosebleed seats. Yeah. And so, is that an investment I'm willing to make? Probably, but I'll see. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. Okay, I, I mean, look, I think I think they're I think they could get they could obviously get to an AFC championship. I I think they're the top of the AFC, like the top. You think about the top like two or three teams is so elite, and there's so much talent on those teams. I couldn't see them beating the Buffalo Bills. I couldn't see them beating the Chiefs. I don't even know if I can see them beating the Bengals. The Bengals will be an interesting game. The Jags last year beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Really? Yes. I think that that actually, out of those three, that's the one team I could see beating. And the Jags only lost by 10 to the Chiefs. Josh Allen's turnover prone. Those are are games that I'm like, there's so much talent there, it's hard for me to think the Jags could win. But the run that they're on right now and the amount of confidence any of those teams would go into, they'd be like, oh, we're just playing the Jags type thing. I think that's every team's issue. I think that was the Cowboys issue for sure. They'll be overlooked sure. for sure. They'll yeah. be overlooked just because of their name and just the stigma around them. But if y'all end up, I think where it sits right now, y'all would be playing the Chargers, I think, first round. Mm-hmm. That's a very winnable game. We whooped the Chargers. That, that's a very winnable Y'all whooped them earlier this year. Granted, it's hard to beat a team Granted, twice. they were injury prone, too. Yeah. They were an injury prone team. The, char- the Chargers, for me, and I love I love, the, I love Justin Herbert. I love their offense. I love Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like, they're a great team, but they're just so up and down and inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Jags have yeah. been so consistent yeah. to the point where it's like I couldn't see the Jags losing. I mean, game. we've won. The Jags have won four in a row, but they've also won like five of their last six. Yeah. So they lost against the Lions, which was really weird, but beat the Ravens the week before. True. Yeah. So a few more things of note. Uh, Prozy's other team, the Jets, mm. finally got eliminated this week, which yeah. is pretty sad. They lost to the Seahawks. They fought hard. They and fought hard. I'm gonna turn Gino. to I'm gonna turn to the NFC for a second, just because there's a really so right now here's the state. I'll just give the wild card standings right now. Uh, so number one seed through number six seeds, Eagles have clinched. 49ers, Vikings, Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, all have clinched. There's one playoff spot remaining for the NFC. There's two remaining for the AFC. So it's going to come down. AFC's Jaguars, Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, Titans is what it comes down to mm-hmm. for two mm-hmm. spots. The NFC is what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, that's a more, be a, yeah, more a, heated race. Yes, a wild, wild Sunday, this upcoming Sunday. Three teams left, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. 
They're not going to win their divisions. They're all chasing that seventh wild card spot. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks and the Lions don't control their destinies. The only team that controls their destiny is the team in the nine spot right now, the Packers. Really odd how it works. Nitty gritty, kind of. If the Packers beat the Lions, then they improve their NFC standings, so they then become the seven seed. Yeah, big kind win of. for them this week against the Vikings too. Yes, huge win. Yes, but yeah. So the Seahawks are playing some team. I forget who they're playing, but if they win, that doesn't mean they're in. If the Packers also win, the Packers get in. So Seahawks play the Rams. The so. Seahawks play the. That's probably so. The a Seahawks win. have to win, and the Packers have to lose. Yes. And the Lions only get in if the Seahawks lose and the Lions win. Okay, so, I mean, it's not impossible for any of those teams. No, but so it's just an interesting day because the Seahawks play at 4 o'clock. If they win, they're 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 most likely mm, – okay, if they win, then they have to watch the Lions-Packers game. And they're going to be the biggest Lions fans ever. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And then the Lions are literally going to be a dead team that's just trying to play um, – just – Again, they're, what is if it? the Seahawks win, if yeah. the Seahawks win, then the Lions are out. But they're just trying to eliminate the Packers as well. Yeah. So that game will be the primetime game on Sunday. I mean, so that'll be a good game. Out, out of all of those, I I really hope the Seahawks get in personally because I, I I'm a fan of the Geno Revenge Tour. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love watching him ball out. I think he's great. And Pete Carroll has playoff experience, and I think that's yeah. something that speaks volumes. He, so yes. I would love to see him get into the playoffs, and that could be a sleeper team maybe for a first game or so. Um, but the Packers and the Lions I just don't think could do much. Is the top spot for the NFC East still up for grabs because of the Saints' win this week? Uh, yes. It is still up for it grabs. Is, it is still up for yes, grabs. Yes, because the Eagles have lost two in a row. It, it, it is still up for grabs. The Cowboys could technically snag it because the New Orleans Saints stepped in and beat the Eagles. That was good. That was um, which good. Which was epic. However, it wait, wait, who was out, the quarterback for the Eagles? It was Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. But Don't we have a big supporter of him? On the I'm podcast? a huge supporter of him. And he. everyone says, like, there was somebody, I forget who it was, they said doesn't matter if you take Jalen Hurts out and put Gardner in. That offense is so good that they can win, which is true because Gardner played well against the Cowboys the week prior. So he just probably just had an off week. It's fine. It's Let whatever. Me, I, I will say I I was at the game when the Saints played the Jags a few years ago and Gardner was quarterback, and we I think the Jags scored like 10 points, like 7 or 10 points, mm. like – Gardner, I think Dennis Allen, as he does to Tom Brady, must also frustrate the living crap out of Gardner Minshew. Yeah, because I, he, I mean, that our defense was the one thing. That, I mean, aside from a you know AJ Brown huge play for a touchdown, yeah. like 60, 50, mm-hmm. 60 something yards, which was just a slip up by one of our corners. Aside from that play, our defense was incredible for the entire game, first and second half, and our offense did like. Pretty much all it needed to to win. Um, so that that was a fun game to watch. Yeah. Saints playoff hopes died when the Bucks when the Bucks won, but we beat the Eagles and I'm happy about that. It was That's a, good. That's one a of good the first, season. Like, it's momentum. It's like a season win, I guess. When you're not making the playoffs, yeah, it's make, like okay, but you know, if the Eagles end up making it real far, then we'll be like we beat that team. So. Yeah, it'll be a good <laughs> feeling for the people in New Orleans for sure. Yeah, it's some, something to cheer for and something to be happy about. So. Are you guys okay if I shift to college football? Well, we, we want to talk about one thing oh, that we Bill, forgot to mention. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, 
had an incident at Monday Night Football that caused the game to be postponed. He was collided. I would just call it an injury. It was an injury. Yeah. As a yeah, he collided on the field and stood up and then collapsed. Mm-hmm. And he went into cardiac arrest on the field during the game. The game, yes, was postponed, and now he is. His heartbeat is res- like he is restored, and he's in critical condition, but he is alive. And so it's it's sad to hear when an NFL player has an injury that severe. And uh, but in the in light of that. His foundation that he runs gained three million dollars, three point seven million dollars overnight. Mm. So people are giving to his cause, and it's it's a shame that that had to happen in order for that to happen. Yeah. But it is it is a way to make light, and the family apparently has spoken out about the issue, and he is stabilized. So, yeah. Um, is he still as he... of right now? He's still in critical condition. Mm-hmm. They have a tube down his throat. Again, just assist him and still surviving. Mm -hmm. Is he still asleep? He's he's still asleep, but it was intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still asleep. There's no update other than he's still in critical condition. The Bills, the family, they all appreciate the support. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, Supposedly, so his marketing agent came out and said something last night. Let me pull it up before I... I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, he said his vitals are back to normal and they have put him to sleep and put a breathing tube down his throat. They are currently running tests. Um, that's what he said last night. So his vitals are back to normal. No one else has said that other than him. It's his marketing agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, I, you just hope the best. You really do. Yeah. Do you want to say what it like? What most doctors think is up? It's most doctors don't yeah. think it was a head injury. No, it was. Like, yeah, you went into cardiac arrest. That was what everyone thought because, like, of all the Tua things going on and all the again big concussion things going on this yeah. season. But yeah, so it, so I mean, prayers for Demar and his family and his teammates first and foremost, and just hope that he's like. I mean, I I was telling Prozy earlier, like, like I've been around. I mean, I haven't played – I played, like, flag when I was younger. But, like, I've been around the sport of football, like, watching it, and like, for 22 years now, and I've never seen yeah. something like that happen. We've uh, never so, seen a, a game get postponed due to an injury. Yeah. That's how big of a deal yeah. it is. So, it's it, – I mean, it's really, like, unprecedented. Like, I know – I don't want to toss around that word, you know, lightly. Like, I, I mean, based on what I've been hearing from, you know, older, like – Reporters and people in the media who like have been covering the sport for a long time, they're like, "Yeah, this is really the first time we've seen this." So I, I think it is unprecedented, and it's just a horrible, you know, terrifying situation. And we just hope he's okay. But um, yeah, there's so some of the doctor, there's some doctors on uh, Twitter and just some other people who are saying CNN, CNN yeah, some people saying it's, uh, I think it's commodio cordis, um, which basically is a heart condition when so like if you get hit like on you know upper left side of your chest where your heart is with like a you know baseball football helmet like uh demar hamlin did um at the exact moment where your heart is like your heartbeat is the fullest like it's fibrillating is what they call it then basically i i can't explain it perfectly i've I've watched like a video and read a little bit about it it's i don't know a ton but it basically like 
shoots your blood pressure down to zero, I think, and causes you to go into cardiac arrest or some, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't, I'm not a doctor. Don't take my word for it. But that, that's kind of the gist I got from reading and listening to some stuff about it, which is mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that could happen. I've taken a lot of STEM classes and I've <laughs> never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's kind of insane. It's like got to be the exact right moment in time for that. To, like, it's so incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened. That, that's what they're saying could have caused it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would probably say it is. I guess the only thing that makes sense. And it's, you know, obviously it happens in sports. There's other instances of it happening in different sports. So it's, yeah. That that could be what happened, but I mean, regardless of that, just very know, scary. Be praying yeah. for him and his family, and I mean, just the league. And I think they, I think they obviously made the right decision to stop the it's game. Great, like so. I was watching the game live, and I called Prozy right here. I called my friend Chapman. Credit to Chapman, love the guy. Uh, and honestly, we didn't know what was going on. And yeah. credit to the announcers, credit to the on-field reporter, because they all handled it like professionals. Yes. Because yeah. nothing in journalism school teaches you how to deal what with to that. say yeah. or how to deal or honestly even the right things to say. Yeah. It's just natural human just intelligence and just response is like kind of just what to say in those moments. Usually little is better. Again, you don't just want to just talk a bunch. Yeah, no, it's it was just like yeah. there's nothing else to say here. Just here's what's going on. Here's what we know. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, during the moment, so when he got injured, you knew it was bad because they were applying CPR on the field. Yeah. He wasn't breathing. And yeah. the players were watching it because the players were huddled up around him to, to, to provide him privacy from the cameras. And the players are literally crying, Bills mm-hmm. players, because that's their teammate. They sweat mm-hmm. and bleed with that guy all off season, yeah. day in, day out. Um, and then, so the ambulance finally, after 15 minutes, finally leaves the field with him going to the hospital. Good news. That's good. But the NFL, they were just trying to get control of the situation again. They said, okay, we'll start the game in five minutes. We'll give you five minutes to warm up. The Bills players didn't move. Like, they were literally just crying. They were sitting down on the benches just crying, and it was just a really hard scene to watch. Like, the Bengals players, they were trying to warm up, and eventually, credit to Coach Taylor, the Bengals coach, he walked to the Bills' sideline and went to the Bills' head coach and said, we should not play this football game anymore. Let's both go to the locker rooms until we hear more information on your player. Yep. Because I don't think you're going to be able to, like, there's no reason your players should have to play a football game right now. They're yeah. crying. Yeah. Like, it could get them hurt. Your guys probably aren't going to win because, like... And this yeah, is a... It, I mean... This is a huge game. It's a big deal. Like, yeah. As of right... Football doesn't matter when there's an injured player on the line. I don't think that this game matters more than DeMar Hamlin's No. Health. But it is not. a big deal, and the Bengals don't want to take advantage of that. Yeah. And that's was, great on their was, part. Yeah. Credit to Coach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals. Credit to the fans. The fans were making signs saying, pray for Hamlin. The yeah. fans could have been pissed because you pay what a hundred to three hundred bucks for a ticket, primetime game. You're excited about it, pretty much probably all of Christmas break because that could have been your Christmas present, mm-hmm. something you're looking forward to. Huge matchup between two of the top teams in the AFC, and then just boom, eight minutes into the game, someone gets injured. Yeah, pretty much almost dies on the field. I hate to say that, but I hope he survives. But that's how bad this injury was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, he just broke his ankle. No, this is yeah. life or death. 
And like I heard Dan Patrick talking about this earlier, is saying like we're so we're so conditioned to when people get injured, like it's like okay, that's you know that's a guy that you know this is who it is. Like bring up the next guy, we're gonna start start again in like two minutes type yeah. thing. Like we're so conditioned, just like next man up and keep moving type thing. So I think when this happened, it was just kind of like shocked everyone like what's going on like what is that like this this was yeah. so serious and I, I think it's also like you know when guys do get injured even when it's something that's just like you know i mean i don't know a twisted ankle or like you know even something that's going to keep them out a concussion, a concussion yeah. something that's going to keep people out for just like a week or two like i mean these are real dudes who are like you know really putting their bodies on the line every day and like yeah. that's something to yeah that's something to think about and just be more aware of i guess as you watch and you see you guys get hurt like it's not like you know, it's not like, oh crap, that's gonna suck for the team. Like now we're gonna be, we're now we're gonna lose a game. Team. Like that's a real human being. Yeah. And you know, I think this is kind of a wake up call to recognize that. So. And if you guys know, like, um, how severe, if you want like a context of how the severity of this issue, Ryan Shazier played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a linebacker for the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. He got paralyzed in the middle of a game from a tackle yeah. on the field, just stopped moving mm-hmm. and was paralyzed for the next year of his life. Yeah. And it's now just walking and moving. He walks well now, obviously, but for the first, that next year of his life, he could not walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still played the game after that. Wow. They didn't postpone yeah. that game. So that just shows you De- uh, DeMar Hamlin's severity of his issue. Even though Ryan Shazier's was probably one of the most at the time, or the most at the time, severe issues seen on a football field. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, so the NFL just made a statement that the game will not be rescheduled for this week, mm-hmm. and they'll move forward with Week 18 as planned. Bengals yeah. and Bills will play their own Week 18 games. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, they don't have any plans, plans to make it up. They're still trying to figure it all out. But both of these teams, as of right now, neither of them are going to get a bye after week 18. They're supposed to just hop right into the playoffs. So I'm try- I'm kind of intrigued to see how the NFL handles it. They yeah. could just count it as a tie, which I, I, think, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay with. Both teams wanted to win. The Bills fans will say that they were – wait, no – the Bengals, the Bengals were winning, so the Bengals could say, like, oh, we were winning. But, it was the first quarter. Yeah, I think I think it's just respectful. I think that's what they'll end up doing is just saying it should be a tie. One person, like one person on Twitter, he's getting destroyed. He's like, oh, just move the Super Bowl back a week and add, like, a week 19. And everyone's just like, mm, you can't not possibly. The Super Bowl back <laughs> you can't just move it back a week. Yeah, it's like one of the so, biggest events in American <laughs> sports, like all year. Like, you yeah, know, and you don't want to exhaust Bowl. these players, especially with two teams that have great potential to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Bills do next week. And again, yeah. So prayers for his family, um, but also prayers for T. Higgins. Like people don't think about this too much. So T. Higgins is the one that Hamlin tackled on the play. Mm-hmm. And T. Higgins, like last night, there's a video of him in the hallway in the stadium. He was just bawling his eyes out. And his mom eventually like, came up to console him because he's just like so – he was yeah. super yeah. sad. Because imagine – like, again, that's just like – you can't even fathom that kind of thing. Where, like, you're playing this game that's just a pastime, something you love doing. And yeah. You 
you are involved. Yeah, no, like you are involved in the play yeah. that caused him to go into that. You didn't cause yeah, it. It's not your fault. Somebody. It's like, not I, T. Higgins' fault. As, I mean, it, it, it's a routine type play. Like yeah. it's not. I mean, it didn't look when you watch the play. Like it doesn't look like anything malicious or crazy. I mean, there's like some targeting hits you see. It's like wow. I mean, he's an offensive player hit. too. It's, he's an offensive guy, and he. he I mean. It, they just collided. I mean, that's football. Yeah. Like, it wasn't anything ridiculous. Like, it's... No. I, yeah. Not not like T. Higgins' fault. I mean, that could have happened to yeah. anyone. Right. But, yeah, I, it is... Yeah, pray for him, too, because that's, that's, that's a tough to... That's just tough to be a part of it. And, yeah, it's just... That's, that's a lot. Yeah. So, prayers for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, and then I'm going to shift it to positive news. So, again, we already mentioned his GoFundMe. His GoFundMe... At the start of but before this game happened, I think it was at eight hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. That's that's a yeah. lot of money. Now it's over four million dollars. So there is yeah. positives that have come out of it. That's great. Yeah. Um, and now I think again we're all Christians here. I think it's a really good evangelism opportunity for the mm-hmm. players in the locker room. Uh, just in that moment where again you realize how short life truly can be sometimes. Yeah. How fragile yeah. we are as human beings. And as NFL like even as NFL players, we're causing injury to ourselves every week. Yeah. So like so just, yeah. I think I think it could have been a really good evangelism moment for players of faith to players not of faith. Um but we're gonna shift it to college football here. Um yeah, the semifinal games were crazy and I yeah. think we can talk about that in a second, but the Michigan just lost in the semifinal, and their head coach Jim Harbaugh. There are reports out if he's offered an NFL job, he'd take it. Yeah. So that's already crazy. Like that's just the turnover of the foot, like football right now. It's kind of crazy. Coaches are accepting new jobs. Lincoln Riley just spurred uh, Oklahoma to go to USC last off season, and we could see the same at Michigan. It would be horrible for Michigan if their coach left yeah. now. They were yeah. really good. They were a top two team all year. Well, I mean, it's crazy because that's one game. I mean, you think if he wins that game, he's even thinking about NFL jobs? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Which I is re- know. it's just it's just kind of insane. Like it's for that level and like the expectations for those programs, they lose a game, and it's I mean, people even talking about which I think is crazy. They're like, oh, do we need to move on from Saban after a two loss season? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa, the that's, dude's yeah. done so much. Like, are you? I mean, you have one two and you win the Sugar Bowl. Like that's still. I mean that. Most program, programs would kill for that. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's just the pedigree you have there. Yeah. And it's just the dynasty that those teams are used to. I think also, I think college coaches, you really have to be up for the challenge. Because until this 12-team playoff comes, the margin of error is so small in college. Mm-hmm. Like, if you lose two games, you're out. You're yeah. done. And the NFL, an 8-8 eight and eight team, is making the playoffs. Yeah. Like, that's wild. You have to be that. close to perfect in college football <laughs> yeah. to succeed. And it's yeah. it's a hard thing to do, especially with how competitive these Power 5 conferences can be. Yeah. But uh, one thing of note, FSU, speaking of Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, but yeah. we knocked off Oklahoma 35-32 to to win the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando to cap off a double-digit win season mm, for the first game. time in I don't know how long. Very long time. Like 2016? 2016-2015, right after the Jameis era. Yeah, it was, so, yeah something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting for FSU. It's exciting for the culture here. We seem to be on a great, steady incline. Mm-hmm. And Mike Norvell is... Just that guy. And uh, we have two guys in Jamie Robinson and Jared Verse heading to the NFL draft. Very exciting. And um, 
we've picked up some great people in the transfer portal and oh, yeah. signed a key five star, and it's yeah. Yeah. been very good here around Tallahassee. Nor and the the culture Norvell has built, I think, absolutely I, crazy. I think it's I think, and you can see it because you just mentioned two guys, Jared Verse and Jamie Robinson. Right? Mm-hmm. Those two guys are NFL. They're they're draft prospects, and they play in the bowl game. They did the Cheez It Bowl. Which nobody was, opted out. Well, it, nobody opted out. To me, that speaks volumes to the the culture that Norvell has built, and just the commitment that these guys have to this team. And they yeah. want to be there. They want to fight with their brothers out on that field and get a victory. And mm-hmm. they they want. I mean, it's the Cheez It Bowl. It's not the most prestigious like thing in the world, right? But they still wanted to go out there and win the game. Um, and finish up the season strong with these guys. So and send their seniors off right. So I think, but um, well also something you didn't even mo- mention about those two guys. Same with Jermaine Johnson. Same with our quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're all transfers. Yeah. And somehow Norvell, yeah. it's unheard of. I've, ne- I've never seen how he does it. Is he gets the transfers to buy into his culture so fast yeah. that these guys you don't even realize that they they're a transfer. You yeah. think that they're a four-year like player in his committed. system? Yeah, yeah. You think like, for example, I didn't even know Jamie Robinson was a transfer. I just looked it up for the fun of it. He was at South Carolina for two years. Yeah. What the heck? I didn't even know that. He was Great a Gamecock. Player. Yeah, he te- I think he leads the team in. Tackles. Jermaine Johnson was with Georgia. Yeah, I mean Jordan Travis was with Louisville. Like. Yeah. And uh, what Johnny Wilson was Arizona State, State Arizona Trey State. Benson's Oregon. Like yeah. he is yeah. picking this transfer portal and using it to his advantage. Like awesome. some people, it's not so great for these high-profile teams. If your star quarterback plays like one or two bad games, he's leaving. Yeah. If he gets benched, like one, like DJ, or if he was a five-star in high school and then he doesn't start freshman year. Yeah, like or even that Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. He was getting looked at by these SEC schools, but because he didn't qualify for certain standards of these Power Five schools, he just went back. Like that's not good for him as a player. But like Mike Norvell taking what he has at FSU and the resources he has yeah. is coaxing these players and getting them to just fall into this system and promising them almost. That this system's going to work, you just have to trust the yeah. process. Yeah. He's he's getting them here, and he's making them want to stay. Yeah, which is the which Jordan is the Travis game. also, by the way, threw for over four hundred yards in that bowl game when he did not have to. That was a very entertaining game. I will, and, and credit to Oklahoma, they played outstanding. They did. They are not a six and six team. They're not a six. Their their offense looked really really good. Who's their head coach again? Uh, he, it's uh, Venables. Yeah, right, that's it. Brent Venables. And I think he's a real good offensive mind. He's got the moving defensive. In the, Defensive, yeah. my, sorry, defensive yeah. mind. He's a defensive mind with a really he was, he was, talented offense. He was Clemson's defensive coordinator the two times they won the championship. Dylan Gabriel yeah, is an athletic, outstanding scrambler and runner. is just yeah. a powerful quarterback, and I think that's yeah. very good for the Sooners. I, I think we also did a very good job of coming back. We were down 10-0. We in the were. Game, then yeah. They were dominating for a bit, but again, Norvell, good motivator. Uh, Prozy. Uh, just shout out him. Trayshawn Moore had an outstanding game, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Very he's good. Really, he's been kind of quiet. Wilson like, too. The, Wilson's one Will, catch. Uh, yeah, he had, uh, oh he, my gosh! He had Wilson, over two hundred. Two hundred yards. Yeah, they over. were talking about that on the Auburn message boards. I'm an Auburn fan too, so they were like, "Did you see that catch in the in the FSU game?" Yeah, and then they started clowning FSU, but uh, they were just. <laughs> But uh, they were just like they were very in awe of it. They're just like this guy is crazy. We they, Auburn people are like we need a receiver like that. 
So how do they clown with FSU? All you have to say is 2013 national championship and shut them up. Uh, they, yeah, they were just saying we were struggling with Oklahoma, which is like, eh, but it's whatever. And they're struggling to. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, yes, I shouldn't even mention that. Sorry. Sorry, I can rest uh, Auburn for you're, a long time. Yeah, we're bad right now. I understand. But uh, pros, you mentioned our success in the transfer portal this off season, and I'd like to just highlight it because it's phenomenal. Um, so we have the number one tight end committed, number one D tackle, number two offensive tackle, and then we also like even though we already have the number one tight end, we have the number five tight end as well. Yeah. Auburn was going after him and came second in that recruitment. So, like, they got the number we one. We also got the uh, DB from Virginia. I was I was going to mention it at the end. We have the number two player in the entire transfer portal, according to On3. It's a recruiting site. Uh, his name is Fintrell Cypress. He was an all-ACC cornerback. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy player. I think he was, like, third-team All-American. Or maybe yeah. honorable mention, but crazy player, and he's going to come here to probably replace literally Sam McCall. Robinson, Sam McCall, Sam, Sam McCall, McCall yeah. who is our true freshman corner, just entered the five portal star. as well. Yeah. He's a five star guy. He yeah, was, don't know yeah. why he'd want to leave right now. That's mm-hmm. seen. I don't. I have no. I mean, he he got he got time. kicked off the team during the year just because oh. he was he was he was nurse. trouble. Yeah, so that's nurse. yeah, that's got to be he, it. He I'm was saying a like culture. That's got to that has to be it. If you're going to leave Florida State now to go somewhere else, you either underperformed or you're trouble. Like and he, Sam McCall did not underperform yeah. by any means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and you, and you mentioned we have the the number 1 D tackle as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is I think if there's anything we need to focus on it is the defense coming into next year. Our offense looks is very talented, looks extremely good, but the defense could use a little bit of help to really push us into that like next level of being elite. Yeah. So uh, other college football news, we hinted on the semifinal games. They were great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonderful. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it really quickly. Just uh, there were a few the refing they did about as good of a job as you could do, but. All four fan bases were mad at some point during their games. They were mad of a missed call mm-hmm. or a call not going their way. Holy sm- The TCU-Michigan game was – that was crazy. There was a few rough-in-the-passer calls called where it was like literally you just pushed him with your hand right after he threw the ball and the flag came out. It's just like that's not rough-in-the-passer. And then there was a few DPIs that didn't get called that were obvious – there was a targeting call that went against Michigan that didn't get called. That was it was pretty textbook targeting, and then it happened. They, a no call happened in the Tulane USC game. So people, and then there was a no call in the Georgia Ohio State game that knocked Marvin Harrison out, which changed the entire game. Um, but so right now targeting, we'll probably touch on that more next week because we've talked about a lot of things today. But targeting right now, no one really knows what targeting is. Yeah, it's, it's very gray gray area. It's up to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing of note about that Georgia game though is the kick that the Ohio State kicker kicked from fifty yards. He had mm-hmm. just made one from forty eight, and then he missed the game winning field goal. Right as the clock struck midnight on New Year's Eve. So yeah. that is the worst way as a player to start your year. But <laughs> I, if you look, everybody's oh like, God. oh my gosh, the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. I mean, or at least he, this year. At least it, he said like, everyone's like, oh so my gosh. No, in like the comment year. section, everyone's like, that's the worst kick I've ever seen. This guy sucks. It was the holder's fault. 
in my opinion. It because when and he knew it. The kicker knew it because when it was missed, uh-huh. the holder was the one with his head down, like needed to be consoled. The kicker grabbed him by his pads and pulled him up and hugged him. It was the holder's fault. Hmm, and nobody's even noticing that the kicker consoled the holder. That's good. So I think that everyone needs to understand something. The kicker is not the only one involved in a kick. Oh, yeah. It is about the snap. It is yeah. about the hold. It is about dudes. the offensive line, too. Yeah, three dudes and then a collection of dudes. Yeah. It is, it, if you are if you even mess up the snap at the slightest, the hold gets messed up and the kick is no good. Yeah. yeah. It is a it is a system. You are a team. A you have to be... That, I was always... Because I long snapped in high school a little bit. And when I was long snapping, our offensive coordinator came up to me our quarterback who was the holder and our kicker and said, you two need to be on the same, you all three of you need to be on the same mind wavelength. Mm-hmm. You guys have to be the most connected three people on the team, the most poised on the team. Yeah. You cannot waver for a second or we will lose crucial games. Yeah, true. So it is it is very important as a kicking unit. You're a kicking unit. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to remember that, that it's not, just this guy's fault. Yeah, I mean, sure. you, you got to think if the if the hold is better, which I, I didn't realize that. That's good that you brought that up. If, I mean, if he hit from forty eight beforehand, you got to think he's at least got a really good shot to hit from fifty with a solid it, hold. So. It wasn't even close. Like yeah, it was, it had to be the it hold. Was, it was a, the worst kick I've like it, it seen was in recent times. It was a helicopter kick. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even like, oh, right. is it gonna go? It was just like from the second he hit it, like it's like just <laughs> nope, Georgia won. Georgia won. Yeah, yeah. It, and congrats it, to it Georgia. Missed, it missed yeah. the net. So yeah, congrats to Georgia. Congrats I, to TCU. I do want to point out one play that I think it was the most valuable play of the game, and it wasn't made by a player. It was made by a coach. Some guy, so I'll give a description of the play. So it was fourth down and one, eight minutes left in the game. Georgia's down by 11. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has the ball, fourth down and one at their own 35. They line up to punt the ball, and it's an obvious fake. It's mm-hmm. not obvious. But it's but a different lineup. It's a way different lineup than a typical punt. There's only one guy to the left of the center, the, guy, the left of the long snapper, mm-hmm. and like two guys behind the long snapper and then the punter way back there. It's just a really wonky looking punt. And like at that point in the game, Kirby Smart, the last thing he wants to do is burn a timeout. You're down 11. Mm-hmm. You're going to need all of those timeouts to save clock at the end of the game when Ohio State's trying to run the clock out. You have all three timeouts, eight minutes left, 11 point game, fourth and one. The last thing you want to do is use a timeout on a special teams play. Yeah, true. And if you just watch Kirby Smart. He doesn't want to call it, but you know someone's in his headset screaming, timeout, timeout, timeout. And there's three different moments. Kirby Smart, he's standing on the sideline. He goes to run for the timeout, and then he stops because the guy behind him is pulling on his shirt. Yeah. Because he's the, I guess, like the get back coach. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, he he commits to it. He's like, the guy in the headset is probably screaming, timeout, timeout. We need a timeout. Call it. So Kirby Smart finally commits to running over there. And he's calling timeout, yelling for it, and then he stops. I don't know why. He just stops. And then finally he runs onto the field, timeout, timeout, timeout. And I would just love to hear the headset because someone in that headset's screaming, timeout. Yeah. Some random GA, probably, some grad probably, No, probably the offensive coordinator. Pro- special teams. Special, special teams, teams coordinator. Yeah, yeah, one of the coordinators. Some, again, the – oh, gosh. The canards on that guy, the, the – <laughs> 
the, the, the guts it takes in the heat of that moment where, oh my gosh, you're screaming in the headset for probably 10 seconds straight. Time out. Time out. Fake punt. Dude, fake I'm, punt. I'm, Time I, uh, out. Me as a coordinator, especially if I'm up in the box and I'm seeing yeah. this from like up top, I am livid and I am I am with Kirby I'm going to talk to Kirby Smarter after that and be like because you have to make what happened decision. on the play is so rules wise if you get the ref's attention and you're symboling timeout before the ball is snapped it's a timeout and Kirby Smart got the ref's attention probably half a second before the ball was snapped and the ref blew his whistle but the ball had already been snapped but the ref was blowing his whistle yeah. so the play stopped the play didn't stop but the play didn't count Automatic, easy first down. The guy, the guy who ran the fake punt wasn't touched for five yards. And it's a fourth and one. Yeah. Fourth and one. Brilliant timeout call because that would have probably run two or three more minutes off the clock. No way Georgia come down came back. eleven for sure. Yeah, no, no way. way they came back if they didn't call the timeout because then Ohio State actually had to punt. I oh my gosh, watching that on the TV just absolutely blew my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Just because. Instant first down, most ballsy call by Ohio State, but then even more ballsy timeout by Georgia. Yeah. So that's all we have for college uh, football. Yeah, well, a couple couple quick games of note, just other bowl games. The Rose Bowl was absolutely wonderful. Tulane knocked off the Heisman winner and his team yeah. in USC, 46-45 to in Dallas, Texas, which was wonderful. The Cotton Bowl was way more exciting than we thought. And then South Carolina choked against Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. Pretty upsetting for the Gamecocks. But yes, there is a lot of promise. Uh the Gamecocks rally behind the behind Shane Beamer and what he has planned. He's he gives me my Mike Norvell vibes. But uh yeah, that's all yeah. I wanted to say about that. You if you want to add anything confusing. We're the any. cheesiest team in the nation. FSU wins the Cheese It Bowl. Yeah, Ooh. Prince Chedward congratulated uh, Mike Norvell after the game. Oh, that was a really yeah. awesome moment. So, uh, <laughs> shout out Prince Chedward. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, one thing of note for that: LSU also won the Cheese It Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I saw that. That was, was so also cute. in Camping World Stadium, and we'll meet them. There. And we are going to meet them there for our kickoff event next season, mm-hmm. and we're both "quote unquote" Cheese It Bowl champs. So that'll be a good game. Um, it's crazy. Excited. To we met for the opener this season. Two unranked teams. Not like, I mean, hopes for both sides, obviously, but not no one. No one expected us. I don't think to be as good as we were. And now we'll meet again for the season opener next year. Both teams will definitely be ranked, and high expectations for both teams. A lot on the line to start off the season. Outstanding mm-hmm. mm-hmm. game. I can't. I, Cannot wait for it. Me too. That's Hope I can, we should try to go. That Orlando? Yeah, that's, we should yeah. definitely try to go. Try to go, yeah. All right, we're going to have our most rapid-fire picks we've yes. ever had. I only have four picks here. One college football, three NFL. It's it, the most rapid-fire It's fire the national championship, done. and then the Jags, Saints, and Finns games. So yeah. I'm going to start Georgia versus TCU January 9th for the national championship. I've got Georgia, mm. personally. I'm going to just do TCU. I hate Georgia with all my guts, so I have to do yeah. TCU. I'm going to go Georgia as well. Uh, then dogs. moving into uh, the NFL, Titans at Jags. The Jags, man. Jags, I'm so Jags. nervous. I'm so nervous because they, we decide our fate, but at the because it's the Titans, but also they have a lot of holes. So, yeah. I, yeah, Jaguars. We don't even know if they're starting QB's point. Exactly. So, yeah. The Jaguars. It's always It was always the Jags. I have the Jags. Trevor's hot. Team looks good. Yep. He was hot. Panthers at Saints. I have to take the Panthers. <laughs> Panthers played well against the Bucks, and I 
I mean, it's a, it's a garbage game, this? but Panthers at Saints. Oh, okay. Uh, I got the Panthers. I'm going to go Saints. Yeah, I got it. Obviously, yeah. I would say hopefully they can finish with it. Well, honestly, well, we'll see. Jets Losing's not a bad thing because it's a higher draft pick. And then the Jets and the Dolphins play in Miami. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Dolphins. The Jets are just a broken team now. Again, the the Jets could play spoiler um and I'm going to go Dolphins. We should pick the Packers Lions game though. Okay. Okay. Packers Lions. So well, we got one sorry, more pick. Got Fins too. Yeah, okay. it's the Jets. Packers Packers Lions. I have to take the where is it? I don't know. Frick! <laughs> Look this up. Uh, it depends. It actually yeah. really does depend for me because yeah. the Lions Jared are Goff very also doesn't do well in the cold. But they're very good at Ford Field, and isn't Ford Field? It's not a dome. It's Ford Field is a dome, right? I, yeah, it is. I'm yeah. gonna go Packers either way. I think the Packers have really been hot lately. They've looked really, which I hate to say. It. It's in Green Bay, so Ooh. I'm also gonna go Packers. Lambeau Field is rocking, especially when there's playoffs on the line. Good picks. Good yeah, picks. I, I I hate to say because I don't like the Packers, but I do think they'll pull this one out. They got beat by the Lions earlier this year. I don't think the Lions beat them twice. No, no way. Yeah, that's true. True. Um, it's hard for me to pick. I'm gonna go Lions. Sweet. Even sweet. though the Packers just recently found their identity, they're a running team right now. But the Lions are also red high. It's gonna be a great game. Highly recommend watching. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's Sunday night. Monday night is the Natty. So that'll be yes. Hype. So a lot Two of back football back this weekend. Nights. A lot of football. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for episode 17 and part two of our Home for the Holidays series. We are glad to be back in Tallahassee, giving you guys weekly updates on everything sports. Again, this is Naaman, Caleb, and Caleb signing off. Woo! Woo!